Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. If you can, please open your Bible to the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 9, as John continues his message, being thankful for God's kindness to us. As we continue in this passage, it takes a better turn. We see that we, like Mephibosheth, here in our Lodabar, in our fallen state, nothing to look forward to in our life, when we had no peace, no real relationship with God, we were summoned by a king and we were carried by grace into the king's palace. Look in verse number five. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Machir from Lodabar. And so David, now the king, he sends somebody, a representative, an ambassador of his, somebody from the palace, and he says to that person, go to Lodabar and find Mephibosheth and bring him to me. And I say, you know what? That's exactly what happened when we got saved. Jesus found us in our lostness, and he brought us to himself. (laughs) We, like Mephibosheth, were summoned by a king, and we were carried by grace into the palace of God. Notice this verse in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 11. Here's the great invitation of the Bible. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's an invitation to leave Lodabar, that dry place, and come to God so that we can be saved and find forgiveness and find peace and find hope. And so we think about, how could we not think about our unsaved friends? We think about family members we have who don't know Christ. Good people, not I'm not saying they're bad at all. I'm just saying they're unsaved. And yet God has given us the responsibility to go and to find them and to bring them to Christ so that they could receive forgiveness and so that they too could be saved. And then we, like Mephibosheth, are the recipients of many gifts. I mean, think about what God has given us. Look at what he gave Mephibosheth in verse 7, what David gave to him. David said to him, do not fear for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. First thing David showed him was just he was kind to him and will restore to you all the land of your grandfather. So now Mephibosheth is a landowner and you shall eat bread at my table continually. In other words, now Mephibosheth never has to worry about it where his next meal is coming from. The king has said, it comes here. You're going to be at my table. You're going to be in my palace forever. And I'm saying to you today that we, like Mephibosheth, as the children of God, are the recipients of many gifts. Every good thing in our life has come to us from the loving hands of a good God. And we thank God for his gifts to us. Notice this verse in Ephesians chapter 1. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, when it says every spiritual blessing, you know, we think of like spiritual blessings, peace and assurance and contentment and, you know, joy. And then we think of other blessings like material blessings, like a house or a car or clothes or food or a family or a job or money in the bank. When Paul said that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, he wasn't making the distinction that we make between the spiritual and the secular. Paul was saying, look, every blessing you have 
is a spiritual blessing. Everything you have is a spiritual gift from God. But I think so many times in life, God has given us so much. And we just, and it's not that we don't mean to be thankful, but I just think sometimes we're so preoccupied and so busy and our minds are on other things. You just wonder, like today, how many of us here or how many watching at home here we are at 11.45 on Sunday morning, 11.46 now on Sunday morning. How many of us today have said, God, thank you for my eyes that I can see? That's just something we take for granted. Close your eyes just for a second. Can I close your eyes? Don't go to sleep, but do close your eyes just for a second. Just keep, keep them closed just for a minute. Now, imagine that that was your life all the time. That all the time, what you're seeing now, which is the back of your eyelids, is what you saw all the time. Now open your eyes. Now think about this. If you were blind, if somebody, if a doctor said to you, there's a surgery I can do to restore your vision, what would you think? You would think, man, if I can have my vision, if God would give me my vision, then, then I would never ask for anything else. I would just, if I could just have my vision back, then I would be so happy. And yet most of us, probably 99 or maybe higher percentage than that in this room today, we have our vision and we can see. And I just wonder today, like, how many of us have said, God, thank you for my vision? Or for our hearing, this beautiful music that we were, that we were able to worship to early and with earlier this morning. How many of us today have said, God, thank you for my ears that I can hear? Most of us walked in this worship center today. Mephibosheth couldn't have done that. He was cripple. I wonder how many of us when we woke up this morning said, God, before this day begins, I want to just thank you that I have legs that I can walk. Most of us had breakfast today. Certainly we'll have lunch after the service. How many of us said, God, I thank you that I have a digestive system that I can eat, that I can digest food. Well, friend, if you couldn't see or hear or walk or eat, you would think if I could just do those basic things, I would be so happy. And yet you can't. Most of us here, we can do those things. And yet, how thankful are we for that? You see, when, when Paul said, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Well, he has, and we should be thankful. This past week on Wednesday, I went and I took a day's vacation and ran some errands, and part of that was I went and paid my property taxes on my house. It's due about this time of year, and I like to pay it a little early, and I live in a small house, but I opened my property taxes up, and it was almost $4,500. And uh, I thought, man, that seems like a lot of property taxes for the house, the size house I've got. But I, I, I wrote the check and uh, put it in the, well, I didn't put it because I, I drove to Kyle Chapman up here. I paid my property tax. But you know, my attitude was, I thought, God, that does seem like a lot. But here's the bottom line. I, I'm thankful that I have a house to pay property taxes on. I mean, I think that every year. God, I'm thankful that I have a job and I'm thankful that I have money in my account. I'm thankful I can go write a check for this amount. Some of you live in houses a lot bigger than I do. Your property tax, 8000 9000 10000 12000 Your property tax is $15,000 a year. See, the more I think about this, I'm more thankful for my little house because I barely paid anything compared to what you're having to pay. But if you live in a house that big, you have more money, and, and hopefully, hopefully you do, uh, or I'll rent you out a room if you get in trouble maybe. And you can, but I'm saying, even when we pay taxes, we need to look at that in a different way. And then our families and our health and all these things, we, like Mephibosheth, are the recipients of many gifts. Now, 
I was looking over this sermon yesterday afternoon. It was already prepared, but I, I just kind of looked it over and kind of thinking about it. And I thought, now, you know, I mean, I want you to look back at our little outline if you have your bulletin. Just let me, let's listen to this. We think about Mephibosheth. We, like Mephibosheth, were crippled by a fall. We were in a dry and barren place without Christ. We had no hope for anything better in our life. We really didn't. But then, as an act of sheer mercy, we were summoned by King Jesus, and we were carried by his grace into his presence. And since that time, we have been the, the recipients of many gifts. Now, here's what I was thinking last night. All that being true, how should that change my life or affect my life on a daily basis? I mean, all this is so true. I, I mean, I see myself in Mephibosheth. How, how should that change my life? Let me just mention a couple of things here before we stop. First of all, we should have a wonder in our worship. Look in verse 8. It says, Then he, that is Mephibosheth, bowed himself and said to David, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? Remember Mephibosheth saying, what he was really saying to David was, King, who am I? I'm crippled. I lived in Lodabar. I can't come into your palace and offer you any real service. I can't work out in the fields. I can't run errands for you. I can't fight in a war. I can't really do anything. Who am I that I would be the, the recipient of so much kindness and so much grace and so many gifts? Who am I? And did you know in our lives as we think about what God has done for us, we should have that that, that idea, that, that feeling of wonder, God, who am I? I have that. I, I look at my own life and I just think, who am I that God would forgive all of my sins? Who am I that God would fill my heart with such peace and such joy? Who am I? I mean, I just honestly have to tell you how I feel. I feel like I have a dream job. I just love my job. I mean, I just, I just have a dream job. I have, I'm working in the greatest church I could imagine working for. But I mean, I just look at my, I think, God, I don't even deserve to, a, a thing. I don't deserve any of this. And yet, I have it. And God has given it to me. Certainly doesn't mean my life is perfect. It's not. You know it's not. And, and it's, I mean, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And yet, I look at my life and I just say, God, you've just been so good to me. And you've given me so much. And I'm saying in your life, in all of our lives, as we compare ourselves to Mephibosheth, we, we, like him, should say, who am I, God, that you have done something like that for me? So that's the first thing. We should, we should have that appreciation to God. And then we should have an enjoyment of the king's presence in our life. I, I said earlier, David did not have God living in him. He had God with him. We have God in us, in the person of the Holy Spirit. And every day, uh, you know, the, West, the old Westminster Catechism, the chief, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. The greatest way to spend your life is to enjoy the presence of the unending presence of Jesus Christ from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed. That's the greatest way to spend your life. Our greatest need is not the presence of God. We already have it. Our greatest need is an awareness of the presence of God so that we could enjoy the presence of God. If Jesus Christ were in this room today physically, and after the service, Jesus came up to you and said, listen, I'm going with you to lunch today, and uh, I know you prefer Mexican food. I would like some fish. Jesus would say that to you. But I'm going to go to have lunch. I'm going to go home with you. 
We're going to spend the afternoon and the evening. I'm going to stay at your house tonight. In the morning, we're going to have breakfast. And I'm going to be with you all week long. Of all the people I could be with, I'm going to be in your house, in your car. I'm going to school with you. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to be with you all, day, all week long. And then next Sunday, I'm going to go home with somebody else and be with them. But this week, it's me and you all week. I mean, if any of us had that, what kind of week do you think we would have? Well, I'll tell you, a different week. Because our focus would be so on Jesus and enjoying his presence and not worrying about anything. And I'll tell you something else. If we had Jesus Christ with us all week in the flesh, sin would lose its appeal altogether. Because if I've got Jesus with me in the flesh, last thing I want to do is sin and hurt him and embarrass me. No, I would just say, I've got Jesus with me. I would just tell my friends and family, don't call me this week. Don't, it's, I've got Jesus all week. And Jesus probably say, no, John, they can call. They can come over. I can be with more than just you. But I'm saying, if we had that. Well, look, notice what it says in verse 13. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table. Here's Mephibosheth. He's thinking, man, I'm crippled. I can't do anything. I've been brought from Lodabar. I thought my life had no hope. I didn't know where I'd get my next meal. And I'm at the king's table. And it says he feasted. He ate continually at the king's table. And I'm saying from the time we wake up in the morning... And I don't always do it, and, and I'm sure you don't either, but we should. From the time we wake up until the time we go to bed, we should have in our minds an awareness of the presence of Jesus Christ with us. And that's something that we should learn from Mephibosheth. But as I think about Mephibosheth, all the things we have in common with him, there's one thing that is different. If you think about it, when Mephibosheth got to the palace, and sat down at the king's table. Mephibosheth was still crippled. I mean, as wonderful as this story is, he was still crippled. Look at the last sentence in this chapter, the very last sentence. And he, that's Mephibosheth, was lame in both his feet. Now, why do you think God told the writer of this book to put that sentence in there? I mean, we already knew earlier on that he was lame. Why do you think it's repeated again at the end? And he was lame... In both his feet. I think God has a message for us there. I think God is saying to us, you know, all these things that you have in common with Mephibosheth, crippled by a fall, in a dry and barren place, no hope for the future, but you were summoned by a king and carried by grace. You've been the recipient of all these gifts and all these blessings in your life. Yes, you can identify with Mephibosheth, but there's one difference. When Mephibosheth got to the palace, King David as wonderful as he was, was unable to cure and heal his crippledness. He was unable to make it where Mephibosheth could walk. What, but now think about this. What David, what King David was unable to do for Mephibosheth, King Jesus will one day do for us when we get to heaven. He will make us completely and fully whole. And that says to me, as we think about this story with Mephibosheth, the kindness of David, how that is the kindness of God toward us, not only should we have a wonder in our worship and say, God, who am I that you would do this for me? And not only should we have an enjoyment of the king's presence, he's with us from the time we get up to the time we go to bed, and then he's with us while we sleep at night. But we should have an anticipation of a better day 
that is coming. Look at this verse in Ephesians chapter 2. It says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. You see, when Mephibosheth got to that table, as good as all that was, he knew that that was as good as it would ever be because David was not a miracle worker. David couldn't make it where he could walk. But God says to us today, remember, certainly it was true for Mephibosheth. When he arrived in heaven, he was made whole. But God is saying to us today, remember this, a better day is coming. And that thing in your life today that you wish you didn't have. I think about people in the services today. I think about people watching at home today who can't be in the service. And... Uh, you know, some, some could be in the service, they just not, but some can't be in the service. And they can't be because maybe they're in a wheelchair. Maybe they're confined to a bed. I know we have people even in this service today who live with chronic pain. And, it, and, and it's just almost, it's an, it's an unbearable thing. Think about this. If God came to you today and said, what is the one thing that you wish I would do for you? What is your one? I've saved you. I've forgiven you. I'm not talking about that. But what is the one thing? Some would say, God, if I could just be free from this chronic pain. Some say, God, if I could just walk. Some home today saying, God, if I could just drive again. Some say, John, it's not so much a physical pain or a physical limitation, but for me, if I, if I could only ask God to do one thing for me today, I would just, I would just ask God to help me and to overcome this depression. I just live in depression. I, I, I live, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a, I don't portray it, but, but really I'm, I'm just down all the time. Some would say, John, for me, it's anxiety. I'm just so nervous and so worried. And so others would say, oh, John, it's a racing mind. Others would say, John, it's worrying. I just worry so much about everything. Others would say, oh, John, for me, it's fear. Some would say, oh, John, for me, if I could just ask God to, to free me from anything, it's guilt over sins I've committed in the past. I know God has forgiven me, but if he could just wash that guilt away. And so if, if, if we said, God, I wish you could do this or this or this, God says, now some of that stuff, like the guilt and fear and all that, God says, I can help you with that now. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. I can help you with all that now. But for some things, God says, this part of your life is not going to be perfect and it's not going to be whole until you get to heaven. And he allows us to have these difficulties. Why? I don't know fully. So that we'll trust him, certainly. But also so that we will look better to a better day. Think about this. If our lives were completely perfect on earth, why would we want to go to heaven? I mean, if everything was perfect. I mean, one of the things that happens when we have problems in life, it creates within us a longing for a better place and for a better day. And that's how God intended it. Look at this passage in Revelation chapter 21. The New Testament comes to an end, and God is telling us now what is going to happen in heaven. Notice what it says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There should be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There should be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. When Mephibosheth sat at the king's table, you know what Mephibosheth would have said? 
he would have said, man, (laughs) King David has made all things better. My life is so much better now than it was in Lodabar. When we get where we're going in heaven, you know what we're going to say? We're going to say King Jesus did something better than that. King Jesus didn't just make things better. King Jesus made things new. And that's what we have to look forward to in our future. Amen. And so, Father, today, help us to learn from Mephibosheth. And to be reminded, Lord, from whence we have come and all the great things you've done for us. But, God, help us to be reminded that a better day is coming. And we're going to be made whole physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally, spiritually. We're going to be made whole in every way. Now, with your head bowed and eyes closed, Christian friend, would you just thank God for his kindness to you in Jesus Christ? That he has brought you from that dry, barren Lodabar to the king's table. And even though your life's not perfect, and even though there's still problems, it's so much better than it was before. And there is a sense in which it is already new. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And yet there's another sense in which the ultimate newness, the lasting newness, The whole newness awaits us in heaven. Would you thank God today that this life is not all there is? That God has more in store for us than we're experiencing right now. And that when we get there, the wheelchairs won't be there. The canes won't be there. The pills won't be there. The cancer won't be there. The chemotherapy and the radiation, they will not be there. That we'll be whole in the King's presence. Father, I pray that you would help us to live our lives with that anticipation. Grateful for what we have. But looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, for those of you today say, John, that's an interesting sermon you just preached about Mephibosheth because I never heard of him, you might say. But I can relate to him because I too am crippled spiritually by a fall. And I'm living in a dry and barren place where I don't have any peace, not really. I don't have a real relationship with God. I don't have any hope for a better future or a better life. But John, as best as I can understand today, in my heart, I'm hearing the call of King Jesus saying, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Come to me, all you have sinned, and I will forgive you. Come to me, all you who want to go to heaven, and I will make that possible for you. But the great invitation today from Jesus is come to him. And I believe in this service today, like we see this every week. I believe in this service today, there are people who need to come to Jesus and who need to be saved. And if that's you, would you just pray this prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Forgive my sin and all my sins and make me a Christian. Lord, bring me out of this dry place. Bring me into your presence. 
Make me a new person with a new heart and new desires to follow you. Lord, I ask you to save me and I trust you to do it. Just tell him that today. Somebody, I believe somebody's saying that. Lord, I ask you to save me and I trust you to do it. Welcome to my heart. Begin now to make me the person that you want me to be. Amen. For those of you who have prayed to receive Christ as your Savior today, we would love to know about it and to rejoice with you in your decision. Please let us know by sending an email to info at peacebybelieving.org or by giving us a call at 1-800-337-0157. We hope that today's message has been a blessing to you. You can find this message along with many others on our website, peacebybelieving.org, under the broadcast tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.